uniting the races with truth instead of dividing them with lies. We also rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Jesse Lee Peterson Show. Thank you so much for being with me. Dr. Singh is coming up in the third hour. Yes, it's Thursday already. Isn't that amazing? It is Thursday. Another full, very full show for you today, as well as your phone calls, 888-77-53-773, 888-77-J-E-S-S-E. I have with me Ellie Mistall. Um, and he's out of New York to discuss the Michigan State Constitution Amendment, Proposition 2, heard by the U.S. Supreme Court last week. And the law was passed by the voters of Michigan, 58 to 24 percent in 2006, banning affirmative action based on race in public university admissions, meaning that you can't get in there anymore simply because you're black or Hispanic, but especially black because it's more of a black issue. Ellie is, uh, is the editor of Above the Law, a legal website providing news, insight, and opinions of law firms, lawyers, law schools, lawsuits, judges, and courts. Ellie has written for Above the Law for over five years since 2008. He's earned a degree in government from Harvard University and a JD from uh, Harvard Law School, so he is a smart man, and uh, he's written editorials for the New York Daily News and the New York Times, and has appeared on both MSNBC and Fox News. Ellie, good morning, sir, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Jesse. How are you this morning? All this well, man. I appreciate you being here. What is the name of the law firm that you work with? Oh, I used to work for. Now, now I, I make a living uh, writing, which is much better than being a lawyer. <laughs> uh, um, I used to work for a firm called Debevoise and Plimpton. Oh, okay. Um, which is one of your kind of general Wall Street, hey, you have a billion dollars, we'll defend you. Kind of <laughs> yeah. This is a very interesting subject to me, affirmative action based on color. And I've never been a fan of affirmative action based on color. I've not been a fan of affirmative action, period, but definitely not based on color because it put a statement on those blacks who are working hard to get into schools and jobs and things like that. It made those people look like they're there simply because they're black and not because they earn it. But, Ellie, let me play this news report. Let's go to clip 1A there, Andre. Play this news report. Court hears affirmative action case where the race can be a factor. Andre, what are you doing? I'm trying to find it, sir. You don't have it on your paper? Or? Look on the 1A. We'll get to that in a minute, folks. And we'll get to your calls at 888-77-53-773, 888-77-JESSE. Here's that report now. And the Supreme Court hears arguments today in an affirmative action case. It is a challenge to a Michigan law that says race cannot be a factor in college admissions. The result could be felt nationwide. Jan Crawford is at the Supreme Court. Jan, good morning. So what would this mean? 
Well, you know, Nora, voters in Michigan and other states across the country passed these bans on affirmative action after the Supreme Court actually refused to outlaw all racial preferences. So now what this would mean is if the court allows these kind of bans in Michigan and other states, you could see affirmative action across the country going out the door. We're going to take a quick break. I'll come back to my guests and your phone calls right after this break. Okay, talking about affirmative action there in Michigan, the court, U.S. Supreme Court heard the case, and it, the decision will come down in June, I believe. Uh, 58% of the voters say no to affirmative action in Michigan for admission to universities there, university admission. Um, I have with me Ellie Mistall, and an attorney in Michigan, uh, out of New York, I'm sorry. Ellie, what do you think about this? 58% uh, of the folks in Michigan said no to affirmative action based on color. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court has heard the case now. We, we are to get an answer next June. Where do you stand on affirmative action? Yeah, I'm generally in favor of it. I mean, I think when you look at what the voters in Michigan did, it's really quite interesting. They decided that race was the one thing that people are not allowed to consider. So people in Michigan can, can care about whether or not you, you can dunk a basketball. They can care about whether or not your father went to the school. They can care about whether or not you wore a nice suit to the interview. All that is still on the table, but race and a person's kind of background and, and the totality of their history, that's the one thing that they can't look at. Now, what's really interesting here, right, is that you could have, if any individual university in the state of Michigan doesn't want to look at race, doesn't want to, doesn't want to uh, consider a person's background when making admissions decisions, they're free to do so. There's no law requiring um, universities to imply affirmative action. Universities imply, uh, apply affirmative action because they want to, because they believe that having a diverse class um, is better for all students, white, black, Hispanic, and, you know, Martian. Um, this Michigan law says that universities who want to apply affirmative action are not allowed to do so, even though they're allowed to apply everything else. And that's what, what, that's what I think is unconstitutional, not that I think the court's going to agree with me. But did, back in 2003, didn't they pass a law in Michigan uh, 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 saying that schools had to take, you know, people of color or take in people based on color? No, no, no. They passed a law saying, they passed a law saying that if schools wanted to do that, that was okay as long as it wasn't a quota. And I think that, you know, affirmative action is implied very differently in many different states over a period of time. I think that it, constitutionally it's very clear, and I think I even, even as a supporter of affirmative action, I agree with this, uh, that having any kind of quota system is wrong and bad and doesn't help anybody. Saying, oh, we have to have at least 10 blacks, um, that doesn't help anybody. That's not the point of affirmative action, How and that you, is now illegal. How do you feel knowing that uh, if they allow these black people to come in based on color, that you're discriminating against whites? And others yeah, well, based on abil based on ability. Does that bother you at all? Yeah. See, I, I, well, I disagree with the premise, right? I don't think that they're allowing kids to come to school because of color. No, they are. I, I know many cases like that. So it is happening. But but when you say based on ability, like what's your standard of ability, right? Um, for a lot of people, they act. A lot of people believe that something like the SAT, some kind of standardized test, is the end all, be all. 
the, the only uh, uh, objective measure we have of ability. But there are a lot of people like me who disagree with that. And I'm not saying the SAT isn't important or isn't a useful test. I scored very well on the SAT. I'm a big fan of it. Um, but I don't believe that because I scored five points higher than a friend of mine who scored five points lower, that, that just means for all time that I have more ability than my friend does. Right. So well, it, wouldn't the, it be best for you to keep trying until you earn the way? And if your scores are lower, the SAT score says that it has to be higher to get in. Why not follow that rule? So if you don't get you, your scores lower, why not keep trying? Go back and study more and come back and take it again. But why is the SAT rather than passing up rather than passing up the person who has worked hard just to let some black person in there, just well, to be the quota one, system? Two things. One, why do we act like the SAT is particularly important? Because, right? Like what? Because why is it, it is important. That's the standard. But but why is it the standard? Because, right. And I think that's a. I think that's a question. Why and do you think? Is, why do you think it's the you, standard? You just you just said it right. Right. You just said, oh, this person worked harder than you did to get his extra five points. That empirically turns out to not necessarily be true. What's more likely to be true is that. Person A, who got five more points, had more money to invest in tutors and SAT prep courses than person B, and that's what explains the five points. I used to teach the LSAT, the, the law school version uh, of, of this for, for you know really well-respected test prep organization. And it was very clear. If you had the money to take my class, you were going to do better. If you didn't have the money to take my class, you were going to score worse on this test. And that has nothing to do with your ability and has nothing to do with your work effort. It's whether or not you were able to afford the kind of tricks of the trade I was able to teach you. Here's what so I the, think that when you look at the totality of one's experience, placing it all on one Saturday afternoon test that can be that that can be gamed um, by professionals with the money to hire the right tutors, I think that 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 there are other reasons why a college uh, might want to admit people. Here's what the attorney, uh, Michigan Attorney General, had to say about affirmative action. I thought it was right on the money. In the battle over affirmative action, Michigan is front and center. After the Supreme Court refused in 2003 to end affirmative action programs at the University of Michigan Law School, voters approved Proposition 2, amending the state constitution to prohibit admissions programs that give preferential treatment to or discriminate against people based on their race. Michigan Attorney General Bill Schutte said voters wanted to take race out of decision making. It's an expression that in Michigan we think it's wrong, fundamentally wrong, to treat people differently based on their race or the color of their skin. Michigan is not alone. Five other states have similar bans outlawing the use of racial preferences. I, uh, I agree with that, uh, Ellie. Also, I want to know from you, does it bother you that blacks have, have a stigma on them now? Because whenever I speak at different universities around the country, or some black tell me that they got into some prestige, quote-unquote, prestige school, I automatically think that it's not because they're smart, and it's, it's because they're black and they got in. And that kind of person, even though they may have graduated from that school, is not as qualified as the person who earned their way and graduated. Right. So that's, that's basically the Clarence Thomas argument here. 
um, Clarence Thomas, the uh, black conservative Supreme Court justice, this is the argument that he makes about affirmative action all the time. You know, as a black person who, as you mentioned earlier, I got into Harvard twice, um, I face that stigma all the time. You'd think that the second time would have shut people up, but no, I still face Yeah, um, when, I, when I read last night that you had gotten in twice, uh, you know, I'm just thinking an affirmative action baby, a man who did not earn his way. And, and, and I, I face that, that stigma, that belief all the time. How do you feel but, about that? Well, what I feel is that just because that, and that's very annoying to me, but just because that stigma is annoying to me doesn't mean that, that, that the entire program that, gives, that does give opportunities to people should be thrown out on its ear. If people don't think that I am as qualified as the next Harvard guy just because of my color, you know, let's let's find but it it's, out. Let's, it's not you know, just let's, because let's it, it's let's, not just you know, because there's, there's, of your color. It's because you got in because you're black. And well, no, people think that I got in because I'm black, but actually I didn't. Right? That's just. But how would we ever here. know here's, that, though? How would we ever but, know oh, that? But see, here's the thing, right? I do know that, right? It's it's not people act like it's some kind of big black box mystery. It's really not. I went to a very, you know, kind of preppy New York elitist freaking high school, right? Bunch of people in my class applied to Harvard. Only three of us got in. Of the three, there was a white guy. He was very good at playing the piano. There was a white girl. She was very good at playing field hockey. She was all state in field hockey. And there was me. I was a black guy. I also had the best standardized test scores of the three people who got in. So you can say, I just got in because I'm black, but I'm pretty sure that I just got in because of my standardized test score. But see, there's not one person in America who would believe that. That may be true, and it may not be true, but because you got in, because you're black and affirmative action stands in the way, nobody's going to believe that you are qualified. Let me take a quick break. We'll come back and wind this uh, down, wind it up. Back in a moment. Okay, folks, we're talking about affirmative action in uh, uh, some of the schools around the country and uh, was discussing discussing Michigan State Constitution Amendment Proposition 2, which was heard by the U.S. Supreme Court two weeks ago now, I believe. And this law was passed by the voters of Michigan, 58 to 42 percent. Back in 2006, it says no affirmative action, no admission into the universities there based on color that you got to earn your way. Eight states banned affirmative action. Michigan, Arizona, California, Florida, Nebraska, Nebraska, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, and Washington have all banned affirmative action based on color. And I think that's a good thing. In many ways, it's wrong to discriminate against someone based on color. And in order to let black people enter into these schools just because they're black, is discriminated against whites, and that's not fair. Ellie Mistall is with me. He's an attorney and a writer. We're going to tell you how to get to his, uh, his website here in a minute. Ellie, have you ever been discriminated against based yes. on color? In, in my life? Yes. Yeah, of course. Based on color? I've, I mean, do I have to start talking, doing the cab stories? I mean, like... Of course. And how did you feel about that? When that happened to you, how did that feel? Bad. And so can you imagine that white students are feeling the same way? They work very hard from day one to get into some of the final schools around the country. They are now ready to get in, but they can't because some black person is complaining about their color. So they let them in 
Can you imagine how those white kids must be feeling and those families? Yeah, except that empirically it's not actually white students who are being shut out because of affirmative action. If anything, the people who have a legitimate gripe about affirmative action taking spots away from them are not white students. They're Asian students, and their gripes yeah, aren't they just are affirmative too. action. They're with legacies. They're with uh, sports scholarships. If you look, if you if you honestly think that a standardized test is the end all and be all of merit, then the top universities in this country should be fifty percent Asian, based on how they score. And the part of the university that isn't Asian that is very white should be almost entirely Jewish, based on how they score. So if we're going to say that oh affirmative action is really taking the spots of people, it's not kind of average Joe Schmo white guy who's who's, you know, salt-of-the-earth white dude. It's, it's high-performing Asians and high-performing Jewish kids who score very highly, but it's totally okay for colleges and universities to look at all of these other factors when, when, putting, up, when putting together their class. Amazing. Here's oh, what, that. Here's what Sorry, Liberal Professor had to say uh, about this, uh, n- this new rule and this new law. But supporters of affirmative action say Proposal 2 amounts to racial discrimination by rigging the political process against minorities. The Federal Appeals Court agreed and struck down Proposal 2, saying it made it too hard for minorities to change policies that affect them. What Prop 2 has done is allowed the majority to take away the policy that the university has for hearing everybody's voice. So essentially the will of the majority has silenced the minority. Rosie Sabeo and her husband Matthew Countryman are professors at the University of Michigan. They say the ban has cut minority enrollment by a third and had a negative effect in the classroom. As a group, they feel less a part of things, less able to, to participate in the give and take of the institution. Amazing. So what they're saying, two things that they're saying, Elliot, I want you to respond to, is that now that there are fewer blacks in the class, in the classes, uh, that the other the blacks who are left there feel insecure, and that's a reason to have affirmative action based on color. Is that dumb or what? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that argument oh, okay. full cloth. Um, but what I will say is this, and, and and just to go back to my own experience, um, when I went to high school, I was the only black kid in my class, and there are a lot of black people who do that, and fine. But when I went to Harvard, there were lots of other black people in the class, and having those other black people in the class, it at least gave me this much. It at least put me, put me in a situation where if I had an opinion, where if I had a voice, where if I had something to add, I didn't have to, have to w- feel the burden as if I was speaking for all black people. You know? But you it shouldn't have great. to feel that anyway. That's, a, that's one thing that black people need to get over. Uh, uh, and not all, but most black people feel like, feel for whatever strange reason that they are all one. And if you have one black in an all-white class, somehow or another you're representing the black community. That no, is holding think... black people back, and you're not speaking for anyone but yourself. But I don't think black people feel like that. I think that a lot of times people in the majority feel like that. And so my, the point of my story is that being in a class where there were multiple black voices, where people would di- where other black people would disagree with me, I thought made it for a much more full, interesting, and rich classroom discussion. And that's one of the last points I want to make about affirmative action. Let's remember here that this is all about public universities and and federal programs, right? Private schools like Harvard, like Duke, like Stanford, they can do whatever they want, and they have been able to do whatever they want for as long as they've wanted to. And consistently, the best universities 
always try to have a diverse class with lots of whites and blacks and Asians and Jews and everybody, right? And the reason why they do that is because overall, not just for black people, but for white people too, for Latinos too, for Jews too, it makes the educational environment better when you have a diverse group of voices, experiences, and whatnot, and that's what affirmative action does. So even if the Supreme Court knocks down affirmative action in Michigan, which I think they will, and affirmative action is outlawed in public universities in Michigan and public universities across the South and public universities here and there, the top private schools will still practice affirmative action because it benefits not just the black kids that they let in, but it benefits the white kids that they let into. How about the fact, and this happened at UCLA and other schools where affirmative action was banned based on color. Once they banned that based on color, enrollment went down for black people, which proves the point that they were never really able to earn their way. They were just there because of their color. And now because they're not academically qualified, they can't get in. So that should speak volumes. So, you know, and as someone said, why not help these folks before they get to that point? Why not, you know, teach them when they in a lower education well, there's also selection bias here, too. I mean, some of the top students who could apply to these schools that have banned affirmative action decide not to because they don't want to go to a school that doesn't have a diverse student body, right? So, you have, so when, when UCLA bans affirmative action, when Michigan bans affirmative action, you don't just lose so-called underperforming black students. You also lose high-performing black students who would rather go to Duke, who would rather go to who would rather go to Yale, who would rather go to some other institution that promises a more diverse experience. But that would be fine. I, that would be fine with me, and I think most Americans, because if these black folks are so into their color, they got to go to school where they're so-called mixed everybody, then I wouldn't want them at my school anyway. It implies that they're racist from the beginning, and we don't need Again, that. All, I think all I would say constitutionally is that if you were running an institution and you are free to make that determination, why shouldn't an institution be free to make a different determination? Uh, why should they be legally barred from, from, from doing things differently? That's what the Michigan law does. It, it prevents a, a great school like Michigan University from practicing the admissions practices that it has decided makes for the yep. best educational Elliot, environment for all of their students. Let me take a short break. I'll come back and let you give your information out, and we'll be done. Back in a moment. Okay, my final segment with Ellie, and uh, he was scheduled for 30 minutes, and uh, I, we're talking about this Proposition 2, which would get rid of affirmative action in Michigan based on race. Ellie Mistall is editor of Above the Law, and he uh, is in support of affirmative action based on color. For university. Ellie, what is your website? I want the folks to read your writings. Oh, it's above the law, one word, dot com. Um, we do a lot of industry news. We also try to take, a, yeah, I, I do more columns on kind of the things of the day. And even though I am generally liberal, uh, it's not just, for, <laughs> not just for liberals. I think the last thing I wrote was actually a pretty uh, uh, biting article against the nanny state and bullying laws um, in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you take a few calls? Uh, yeah, but my, 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 yeah, I can. Yeah, I know. We'll just finish this up, and I know you have to run. I appreciate you uh, taking them. Uh, let's go out to Los Angeles first and talk to the Bible go-to guy. Bible go-to guy, welcome to the show, sir. Yes, thank you. And uh, 
I'd like to make a comment to your guest. Um, sir, their diversity is a total straw man. And uh, what I mean by that is when you go into, the, into a university, you're looking for the smartest people to be around. And you don't care that they know how to dance well or that somehow they have a different sociological experience. That means nothing when it comes to trying to solve real questions of science and math. Now, maybe if you're in some dance class, it'd be good to have, you know, a little mix of people. But when it comes to real college, which is science and math, you just, with the smartest people is what matters. Do you think the Chinese are worried about diversity? Do you think the Japanese are worried about diversity? The Germans? They're all manufacturing giants, and they aren't going out. They aren't coming to the U.S. or to Africa to look for Africans or to look for Chinese or something to uh, be in their class for diversity because all, somehow that's some magic thing that's going to help the class. It doesn't help at all. Let's get a reaction. Ellie? Yeah, you know what? I'll give you that diversity does not help you figure out the technical skills necessary to make an iPhone. But what diversity does help with is coming up with the creativity to, to, to even conceive of an iPhone, to bring it to market, and to make money off the iPhone. So when you look no, at some of these no, other countries... No, that's it, not it really, I'm saying that, that being educated in an environment where people have different ideas and different experiences, and they all throw those experiences in, into the mix, yeah, it does help you do some more creative things, and that is the lesson that China is actually trying to learn right now. Well, what They're does, right create, what does no, creativity no, no. have to do with race? I'm there saying that... Go. Bringing people together from different experiences helps creativity. You don't have to just do it on race, by the way. I mean, like, we, I've, I've been, I've been uh, accepting your definition of the term, right? But you don't have to just do affirmative action based on race. You can do it based on economic background. You can do it based on um, the totality of a person's experiences. I think that actually one of the ways that affirmative action kind of hasn't gotten to where it needs to go is because too many schools, I would say generally the worst schools, but too many schools try to do it just based on race this, race that, as opposed to really right. looking at okay. personal experience. Sir, the, the, the Asians, and none of them are diverse. All you, know, you go to South Korea where Samsung is, and you go to Japan where, where Sony is, you don't have any diversity there, and they're coming up of with all kinds of ideas. Of course they're diverse. If you go to Japan, you bring in kids from Osaka, you bring in kids from Tokyo, you bring in kids from Kyoto, you bring in kids from the fishing village. That's yeah, diverse. Just because what? they all happen to... No, no, no. Just because they, they all happen to look the same color to us doesn't mean that they're not diverse <laughs> amongst themselves. Thank you, Barbara. Good to go. I appreciate that. Let's go out to Virginia and talk to Curtis. Curtis, welcome to the show. You're on with Al Ellie. To, in my mind, diversity is, is another way of black folks segregating themselves. Once they have a bunch of black folks in an in a, in a institution, they always they always segregate themselves, and they don't they don't mix with them up uh, the community. That's a good a point. Whole. That's a good point. And How do you respond to that, Ellie? That, that just absolutely hasn't been my experience. I find that I I I don't know how else to respond to that. I mean, maybe some places they do not not where I grew up and not how I rolled. I, I and, and let me share that, this with that, you. Let me share this also. I used to work with a Muslim woman. Her daughter went to University of Virginia, and one of the things her mother, this woman, said that University of Virginia was not diverse enough. What she really was saying, they didn't have enough Muslims yeah. there for her, for her daughter to, to hang out with. But she ended up, her daughter ended up marrying a black guy who wasn't a Muslim. <laughs> so that's what that's what diversity means: segregating yourself. That's a very good point. Thank you, Curtis. Well, I, uh, let's I go. think people who who I think I think people who go 
to an institution of higher learning, go to college, you know, the best four years of your life, and all you're going to do is talk to people who look just like you and think just like you, I think that the people who do that are, are, cutting off, are, are hurting their own, their own self. But that is what happens most of the time. Let's go out to Delaware real fast and squeeze in Greg. Greg, you're on with Ellie. Thanks for calling. Hey, good morning. When I was a kid, I used to get teased all the time about having a big nose. And imagine, and since then I've almost forgotten that that even happened. And my nose hasn't gotten any smaller as I've gotten older. But imagine there was a group of people with big noses and you had to get a preference for big noses and you couldn't discriminate against people with big noses. I would be all hung up about being a big nosed person. And, and that, I think, is my point or what I would like to assert relative to the, quote, black thing. It's just another characteristic. Why get all hung up about it? Ellie? 400 years of segregation and slavery? I mean, I think that reducing the entire black experience in America to a big-nosed facial feature is is wholly missing the point. I think it's but wholly missing over. the point, right? Like, like, I mean, that the, whole slavery thing is over. Drop it and get on with life. Just the like whole I slavery thing is over. And... The whole Sorry. slavery thing is over, so people should drop it and... and Move on. But you don't agree, yeah, Ellie, that it is over, except in the minds of racist black people? I don't know. I don't understand. I honestly don't understand what the, what the definition here. Of course, it is a historical thing, just like the Holocaust is a historical thing, or the, uh, the taking of the land from the Native Americans is a historical thing. It's not a current situation. But the effects of that historical thing still linger on. And it's not just kind of... It's it's not just just people being but you don't you over, don't see the past, you don't see the Jews crying you don't see the Jews crying about it they're out there working hard and succeeding they're not what asking for color about, about they don't they, they they're not asking for color preferences every, they remember their history that it right. is it is through remembering their history Ellie, that Jews have been able to to I think you. remain such a success story in America Ellie thank you so much for being with me buddy I have you thank back thank you very much day. for having me on all right back in a moment.